Welcome to The Bargain Basement Butterflies Presents Beyond the Doorway. I'm your host, Buzz Lee, and on this podcast, I interview friends of mine about their personal paranormal stories. Then I take clips of those interviews and I put them to music. Don't you dare to off the light. There's something out in the night. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Doorway. I'm your host, Buzz Lee, and this is episode 9, Static, with Andy Hearn. And now here we are in October, the official spooky month of the year. Just a quick reminder before today's show, that this Friday, October the 6th, we'll see the release of the companion album for this podcast, Beyond the Doorway, on Bandcamp. And any money that is earned from this will go toward helping to pay the individuals as artists from this project, those that I interviewed. So once again, that's Friday, October the 6th, on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp, look up The Bargain Basement Butterflies. Now let's get on with this week's show with Andy Hearn. Andy was another one of those people that I met through the Irish music scene. And what's been interesting as I've met people in that capacity, oftentimes you're there to play the music, you're there to play Irish tunes, you're there to play and enjoy a specific type of music. So oftentimes you get wrapped up in the music and you don't really get to know a person outside of that just because you're enjoying the tunes, you're enjoying each other's company, talking about the tunes you know, the tunes you enjoy to play. After I asked Andy if she would be willing to be interviewed for this uh, podcast, we started talking about other things and realized we we actually have a very similar taste in music outside of the Irish scene. We're both fans of Kraftwerk. She introduced me to a couple of bands that I had never heard of that are kind of electronically based, and I really enjoyed them. And so thank you, Andy, for introducing me to some new music. Please welcome this week's guest, Andy Hearn. Hi. Hey there. How's it going? It's it's going. It's going. It's a lovely Sunday. Yeah, it is. It's cool enough to have the door open, which is rare here in May. And uh, oh yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's. What I mean, I live in South Carolina. Been here most of my life, and. Uh, this house is an old farmhouse in a really rural part of uh, the state, but it's not far from Columbia, where I live. Okay. And it's near the Congaree Swamp, which is a national monument now. It's a beautiful park. Um, couldn't quite say, I mean, it is a park, but it's got lots of great hiking trails and uh, it's got um, historic or, or national register sized pine trees and um it's a a neat place and there's a lot of folklore around that area 
there was a, um, a writer that lived out there. His last name, I'm pretty sure, was Adams, and he collected a lot of folklore from that oh, area. Oh, cool. So anyway, he lived oh. out in this part of, like, outside of Columbia. I want to say late 1800s, early 1900s. Anyway, so he's collecting a lot of stuff, and he also collected he collected folklore and animals. Anyway, it's, it's just cool. really, it is really beautiful out that way. It's a big old farmhouse. Uh, to me, big old farmhouse right. on several acres. I, I meant to ask how many acres it's on, but uh, when my friend's family lived there, you know, he grew up there in the late '60s, early '70s, or through the '70s, probably. It was a, like I said, it's just a, a place that was just part of our friendship circle, folklore, and uh, hopefully that maybe that sets the scene a little bit. You were an adult when this happened. Is that correct? Yes. Um, <laughs> Davey's telling me the name of the book that Adams wrote is called Congaree Con- Tales, okay. where he collected the folk stories. But yeah, I was <laughs> an adult, I guess, as much as I've ever had to be. <laughs> and our friend was living out there on his own. His family had moved out. I think they were trying to sell the property and he was just living in the kind of newer part of the house, which was just the kitchen and a little den. He didn't go in the main part of the house at all. Like, oh, wow. it was this, and it had you know, all the furniture. It was, I guess, staged to sell, but it, it was, uh, I think we only ever went into the main part of the house during the day. Like, got it. yeah. So, um, yeah, I was an adult, but it was also, there were fun times happening while we were out there you know we would go stay out and just cook a big meal and drink too much and party favors <laughs> but fun times it was a really cool place like we even considered buying it or trying to rent it all oh, together wow. so we loved it that much but it was also creepy as hell like I don't know how to reconcile that <laughs> And also, I didn't really want to live out in the country because there's no pizza delivery. <laughs> I wouldn't be good at that. Yeah, I love old houses, but I do like being close to close to town. So when this particular incident happened, you said you just got you were there playing music, having a good time. Um, and so you you said you had fallen asleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, so we were just in. It's a little kitchen and a little den and everything was like 70s decor. Like that didn't help. Like when I think being back on it. Um, and the only other, excuse me, the only other room we would go to is the bathroom and you had to walk down this closed in screen porch and went the whole length of the rest of the house to get to the, the bathroom down there. But those are the only rooms like we were in. So um, yeah, the guys were in the kitchen, little kitchenette area. And the den was kind of a separate room. And yeah, I'd conked out on the sofa. Um, or we're getting Adams Intel right now. Edward C.L. Adams, Tales of the Congaree. So if you like folklore, especially Southern. I do. It's really, that's it is a spectacular read. Okay, I'll it's look decent. at it. So um, yeah, like we used to get together and like, have a guitar strings changing party and which I'm <laughs> terrible at <laughs> I think both like, there, were, uh, <laughs> there, were, there were lots of fun times and uh, 
like I said, you couldn't talk about anything that happened while you were there. Like you could kind of tell like, oh, somebody had a weird, something happened, but you didn't talk about it until you were all off the property. So so was that more, was that more just like superstition or is it just like, um, scary things we don't really want to talk about it because you're on edge maybe (laughs) i think both and like i don't think i'm superstitious but clearly i am i mean and and all of us like you you didn't just say like hey this just happened right here two seconds ago like it would be a phone call the next day okay and like you know if i called my friend hey you're not at the house are you like, and as long as you weren't there. <laughs> okay. You just, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's kind of my mindset anyway, because even in our own home, like, I don't want to provoke. And, and th- there are, are many stories. I did, like I said, I tried to get my pal in on this, like, because he would have some good insight. There was a levitating cat box at one point. This is hearsay, really? but he told us about the levitating cat box he played black sabbath too loud the power would cut out to the stereo like if he got it to a certain oh, wow. and it was yeah it was so he he's got tails so um got it uh yeah oh you got to steer me back to where we were oh yeah that's fine um so tell me um kind of starting out where so you had fallen asleep when you woke up and experienced what uh you know, the TV had been on when I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was static. And I don't think he had cable, but it was still like, there's no reason for the channel to go out to static. Like that was, right. that was weird enough. I mean, it like that would have happened when I was a kid. The, things would just go right, to static. Right, because that was, that was normal then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so it was like, well, huh, that's on static. And it was a clunky old tv where you had to do the dials there were two dials so i just was like oh that's weird and went up to the tv and started turning and it was just static 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 and then black screen and i could see the reflection of the room behind me and uh there was a a big Cushy, kind of big cushy chair like a older chair and a lamp beside it and like in that reflection of the lamp I just saw this man just sitting there in the reflection of the tv and I felt like I looked at that reflection for the longest time because okay. like I knew it wasn't there there was a clearly defined man uh in a like kind of gray light gray suit but it wasn't an old suit it was like maybe 80s or so uh you know it just didn't seem old and uh or that old this is the 90s I guess um and I I think I did turn and look like because you know your brain has to clear that up like no there's right but uh and that's when I just like, okay, that's enough. When I scurried into the kitchen where the guys were, and uh, they were like, and my friend gave me this 
nickname that I used to hate, but I've decided to go with it. Hern dog, what's wrong? <laughs> so, like, like, Hern dog, hi, what, what happened? What happened? Like, nope, like just later. You just didn't talk about it there. But when we had gotten there that evening, our friend was, um, we could tell he was out of sorts. He did tell, this was rare. I think this is the only time this ever happened with him. Like when we had gotten there, he, we could tell he was, stuff was weird. And he was like, yeah, I had some weird stuff happen. Like I came in and the radio was on. And I didn't think I left it on, but okay. But I did smell roses. And then I heard a little boy say, daddy, he's here. So this was that same night. And he told us that. And then he said, a little bit later, I saw a man standing over in this alcove between the two rooms. We were like, okay, well, we're in for a wild ride tonight. Like, this was (laughs) part for the course out of the big house. That's just... He talked about it there, I think, was absolutely rare. I think that's the only time that ever happened. But after we talked about it later and he and I were talking, he told me and he said something about the gray suit. Non-prompted. Because I'd learned by now with with this pal, like he loves a story. (laughs) I didn't prompt anything. You know, we talked about it and you know, he knew a little bit of the history of the house, which did involve a suicide. Um, And I don't know who owned the house before them, but uh, we just couldn't determine, nothing stood out and like what he knew about the history of the house, like why both of us saw that on that one evening. And it was Halloween. So maybe the veil is thinner. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think people say that. So yeah, but I, I mean, that wasn't the only time. Any, I mean, it was it was year round there. The everybody, most everybody who went out there experienced stuff. Uh, but then we had one friend that would go stay in the main part of the house and sleep just great and have no, no. Oh, wow creepy vibes or anything right (laughs) I mean he lived out there with our friend for a long time and slept in the main part of the house and it was next to the creepy bathroom like it was a like that door would never stay shut you know you walk down this long hall to go to the bathroom you went through the outside door and then there was a door leading into the main house like we all agreed like keep that door shut but it just happened at least half of the time you went in there and the door was open of course it's an old house right and all that but um my poor nephew who i never told any of these stories to we he went out there a couple times with us and there was one time he just tore i I asked him too like he was eight maybe you know so i was like you okay to go down to the bathroom like he asked where it was and he said yeah it's fine so he came back he tore down the hall running back towards us and had that look on his face and he was like the door to the main house was open (laughs) well he didn't say it quite that way but he was like the door was open like and he had no reason to be freaked out by it but it definitely wow poor kid (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it's, it was a very special house and they've since sold it. I've thought a lot about trying to collect all the different stories people have had and. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. It's uh because that's probably, there were two other times where I saw people that I know weren't there at that place. One time we were leaving and you had, when you're going off the property, one of us, whoever went and driving, you had to open the gate and, you know, drive out and then close the gate back. So it was my turn to do that. It was the middle of the night. We'd been out there having a fun time and had to get back home. So I got out of the car and I clearly see a man, like not a, not a tall man, in a brown suit, kind of like a 40 suit fedora, just like standing at the corner of the property. And I just remember like, I felt like I had eye contact all the while I was closing the gate and he was just standing there. I mean, it wasn't really scary or threatening. I mean, same as the other thing, oh, wow. just calm but I had this clear image of this person that to me, I seemed like a shopkeeper. Like for some reason, that's what came to mind. When I asked my friend about it, he said at some point there had been a little store on the corner of that property by the gate. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I saw (laughs) a dude in a brown suit with a matching fedora, not a tall, you know, kind of not very tall white guy. older gentleman just hanging out there so um interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wish i had some like creepy like wow factor to my stories but they're just like huh there's that i just saw that thing behind me and well i like a lot of like i think the stories that i like the most are stories like this they're just kind of like you observe something it's like well that happened (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know what else I like to that. do with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I was a little kid, I remember my grandmother being really happy to get me this this book of Charleston. She, they lived in Charleston, of Charleston, uh, Supernatural yeah. Stories. It was my favorite book, but I was reading Poe <laughs> in first grade. Like, like, bring a chapter book to school, and I bring Edgar Allan Poe and Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same, just like, I don't know what led me there, but definitely was fascinated always from a young age. Right. And again, still, I'm like, I'm superstitious enough to think like, okay, if there's something here, I'm just going to let it be. That's fine. But right. also, like, <laughs> when I, when I've have seen things like I've described today, um, just like that's not real. I mean, it's not there. Like you start talking yourself out of it. It's a weird mental exercise, you know. It wasn't anything I'd ever seen before. Right. It wasn't. Uh, and even before you know the the time I described, I I had at least one other instance at the, at the old place we lived. I'm pointing that way because it's just a few blocks over there. But um, that's funny. Yeah, as as you know, I saw something there, and it's just like. Why, you know, why is my brain seeing this image? Like, it's nothing I've right. ever seen before that I know of. Like, it's not a memory at all. Right. Like, why did my brain do that? 
It is interesting. Going back to the initial experience, you said when you saw this reflection, it was just a sense of calm to you? Or? Well, I mean, I wasn't calm, but I didn't feel, (laughs) I didn't feel threatened. Like it was, there was surprise. There was the element of fear and surprise because like I saw a man sitting behind me in the reflection who I, you know, and I just woke up, right. you know, there's that too, like, right. you know, maybe I was a little foggy, I'm sure. But it, I mean, it was nothing like it. I mean, I watched tons and tons and tons of horror movies <laughs> for all the reasons we've just discussed. And right, uh, it's exactly. never like that. I mean, well, any of my experience haven't been like a threat or, a, okay. or anything scary, but like he, he did, he was just sitting there. I mean, it was just like his presence was just there. And for some reason I oh. saw or I don't even know presence. Like, I guess was there's the, you know, the idea that sometimes you just see something replaying out. I right. Know. Oh, I watch too many ghost hunter shows too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it was just like okay, there's this image, and it didn't feel empty, but it didn't quite feel like a strong, like a presence or anything being like pushed out there it was just like there's a thing I saw a, a person I saw I will I will say that much it was I saw a person it seemed like right. that that much of a a, a presence yeah. and so what was your feeling when your friend basically described the same person but like you hadn't even talked to him about it it's just mostly disbelief. I mean, it was mostly like there, there was that like <gasps> moment, like shock. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, and we've talked about it lots of times since. And I mean, it seems, yeah, I mean, I, as much as, you know, like I said, this friend loves to spin a yarn. And loves to get you going on stuff like this. This was not that, you know. It was right. It just feels legit, and I can't say I felt validated though, because I'm still in dis- I'm just still in disbelief of like, oh really? What world is that all about? <laughs> I have had. I've definitely had experiences like that. Not so much in places. I was gonna say not so much in places where I live, but. That's not totally true. Um, (laughs) But especially when I was a teenager, I remember, or young in my early 20s, um, like sometimes I go to a place and I was like, I just have to get out of here. Like this, I I do feel like that kind of energy can affect me. And And I definitely like, I, it just in general, like I'm empathic, like people's energy is a, can be a lot for me to deal with, but this wasn't a situation where I was dealing with people. <laughs> it was just right. like, you know, I got to get out. This is like something's feels off. And um, I have had instances where I felt like something was trying to get my attention. Okay. And uh, like from where I'm sitting here, I did one time see somebody look around the corner <laughs> in this house. And uh, I don't know that I've ever... I've mentioned that to Davey because he was here. I could see his reflection 
he was in the kitchen cooking and from where I'm sitting, I could see his reflection in the window. So one Davy, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. so you know, I don't know what to do with any of that. Like, and he's seen stuff here. Yeah. We used to have a friend that I would teach. Uh, well, actually Davy and I both taught because she played banjo and fiddle. Many times she'd come over and she would say, you have a ghost. Like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> like, what, what's that all about? Okay. Right. So, but uh, I think we would know. So if we do have a ghost in our house, um, we know the family of the people who um, not bought this house from the mill. So I guess they were the second right. owners. And we're only the fourth. And we kind of know the person we bought it from. Um, so, and, and yeah, I got to talk a lot with a, a lady that grew up in this house. And she, she shared a lot of fond memories. Our friend's mom grew up here. Oh, gotcha. So we, so we hear lots of, we've heard lots of neat stories oh. over time. So I feel like uh, whatever's trying to get my attention from over there, you know, it's okay. Right. And, uh, they're just upset we're drinking too much because they were very religious. Oh, no drinking in the house, but they did play music. They loved music. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating. And, and and like I've said this several times, I just don't know what to do with it. So it's 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 interesting to to be asked to talk about it. Right. Like, you know, I just. Yeah, I think I that's know. like what I find most interesting is that like for me I like to hear stories but I don't like I don't have any place to put them type of thing like some people would be like yeah it's this this and this but I'm just like I don't know well it's kind of I, I think um and maybe this is just because of my own context but I think music is kind of a similar thing because it, it it's um it can be that it can be that ethereal like it just you know it, that I've often described it as like sometimes when you have to learn a tune like it's something in your head you have to exercise like you have right. to exercise that you have to learn that tune to like work through that thing that's happening in your brain and uh I wish in this <laughs> in all the instances we've talked about I could just learn the tune and it would help kind of, right. settle, you know, help me figure it out. But, um, but just right. anyway, that idea of feeling compelled to, to do something. And, and the, the whole thing, I'm very fascinated with stories too and people's stories. And like I said, I, I do really like folklore, folklore collectors. I haven't spent time with it in a long time, but yeah, I think people's stories is, are very important. Um, I think yeah. there should be a new, um, I don't know if you've read any of the old collections of the Writers Project from the Depression. It was a government program where they would hire writers to go collect people's stories of just the Great oh, wow. Depression. And so, yeah, the idea was that it created jobs for writers. And it was just one of the programs, uh, okay. in the, in the, I guess, in the New Deal, maybe. There's a lot of great storytelling. Right. Uh, available and I think it is important to collect the stories just like it's important to collect the tunes so telling the stories it's, it's tricky it is yep so those are some of the tales from the big house 
and uh, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. And yeah. uh, it's a little nervous, but also excited to do it, like and to be asked to do it. So. If you like what you have heard so far today, please take the time to rate and review the show. For more music from the Bargain Basement Butterflies, please visit Bandcamp or your favorite digital media store. If you are interested in merch, visit TeePublic and search for the Bargain Basement Butterflies. Now let's talk about this week's song. Thank you, Andy, so much for that interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. During the interview, Andy talks about a friend that she was trying to get involved in telling this story. Um, the friend had sent her a message to give her some information that is kind of helpful to the story. So, And the individual said that it would be okay to read the story. So I'm going to read the part of the letter that she sent to me that her friend had sent to her about the house. Here is the following from her friend's account. The only thing I would offer just for the sake of knowing... The kitchen and den area were not add-ons. In those days, when the house was built, you always built the kitchen away from the house because obviously, if the kitchen caught on fire, the house was saved. The back porch was actually the add-on. You have a very good memory for detail. I seriously got chill bumps reading your account. You know the guy that lives there? He says he's never heard or seen anything. Go figure. I don't know if I ever told you this or not. But I actually did a service call back in the mid-90s for a woman who was very up there in age at the time, and I'm sure has long since passed away. She would spend summers in the house with her two aunts that lived there. She's the one that said the hanging story was just people talking. The actual truth was one of the sisters was disturbed, and after a fight with the other sister, went to the upstairs rear bedroom. Which, by the way, was my bedroom when I first moved into the house. There she proceeded to slice her throat wide open and killed herself. Do you know what, buddy? I bet if we walked through that house today, it would be just as terrifying as ever. I don't really believe in ghosts, but goddamn, something about that place makes my skin crawl. And before even knowing where she committed suicide, that upstairs, whatever level of creepy was going on downstairs, it was ten times upstairs. I remember walking from my bedroom through the bathroom into my sister's bedroom, and the feeling of terror, unbelievable. Even mom said she had heard a woman crying, and that I came running down the stairs terrified when I was about 14. I have no recollection. So that was the story that her friend tells about the situation living in the house when they were younger. So now to talk about the song. So after Andy and I got talking about music, she had sent me some stuff by a band called Nurse With Wound. At the time, I had never heard of them, and I didn't realize they were... I thought they were a newer band at first, but I didn't realize they were back from the 80s. And so this song kind of... I built it around the idea that if Kraftwerk and Nurse With Wound were combined into one track, um, so that's kind of was my inspiration for it. I hope you enjoy this week's song, Static. You know, the TV had been on when I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was static. I was like, oh, that's weird, and went up to the TV and started turning. And it was just static, static, 
Static. 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 
static, static. Thank you for fluttering in to this week's episode of Beyond the Doorway. Thank you to today's guest for taking the time to be a part of this project. And thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. See you next time. Have a good week.